0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, let's go to the book of James. We are in our Route 66 series. We are coming to a close very soon. Coming to a close. It takes a while to get through 66 books of the Bible. And I think we've been in about 16 years, somewhere around there. <laughs> but... Um, the book of James is such a wonderful book. Uh, just revisiting it again and preparing uh, for, for tonight, it's, it's one of the most practical books, if not the most practical book in the New Testament. And so many wonderful uh, bits of wisdom in it. It's, it's a bit like Proverbs in its, in its writing. Uh, There's there so many little tidbits of wisdom all along the way. As a matter of fact, you can even mirror James, much of James with the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. And uh, I want to encourage you just in your Bible study to to do that and to see the similarities, how, how James um, uh, took Jesus' teaching and kind of reapplied it again in his writings. It's really marvelous. Now, James is, it's believed that this James, there's four different Jameses in the New Testament, um, but just by the time of this writing, it looks to be that this is James, the half-brother of Jesus, also who is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And um, James wrote this book somewhere around 47 to 50 AD. It is one of the first books written. It, uh, it and Galatians, there's some speculation that one is before the other and, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. They were written. and But I tend to think, and here's, I'll I'll tell you um, what I think. Is that okay if I, now this is, like I said, this is speculation, (laughs) but based on some of the, the way the scriptures are written, the way James is written, it seems that it might follow the book of Galatians, and, and here's why. When Paul wrote the book of Galatians, you know, this is his defense. This is his stance for the gospel and and where he makes it very clear what the gospel is and not to believe any other gospel remember and, and then that's in Galatians chapter 1 then you get over to Galatians chapter 2 and he's talking about how he had to he had to correct Peter in front of everybody because Peter was playing the hypocrite and um, so he said that he wasn't truth he wasn't he wasn't clear concerning the truth of the gospel so I had to set him straight in front of everyone because we can't play uh, make Gentiles into Jews and, and, and mix those two things. You have to keep the things as they are. There's a gospel to the Gentiles, there's a gospel to the Jew, Christ being the centrality of both of those gospels um, and, and, and the way those gospels are carried out. But Everybody has to believe on Jesus, Jew and Greek, all right? He is the essence of it. But the way the justification works is a bit different. The way God works in each of those gospels is a bit different. And so Paul was here making the distinction and helping Peter and get him right on uh, track on this um, to make sure that the Jew stays the Jew and the Gentile stays the Gentile. And so by the end, toward the end of chapter two, no, not toward the end, it was right in the middle anyway, he says, We finally came into agreement that Barnabas and I would go to the Gentiles and Peter, James, and John would go to the Jews. and um, Because the same apostleship that was working in Peter, the same authority that he had for the Jews, God also gave me for the Gentiles. And so we understood at that point that we have different audiences that God has called us to minister to. Okay, So as a result of that, and Paul's preaching this gospel, and then James writes his book, and it looks like it's a little bit of... A response to what Paul wrote in Galatians. It's not an argument, it's clearing things up. Because apparently, when Paul was preaching in Asia Minor and, and that area, that there were many Jews who were converted and came to Christ. And so apparently they were somewhat throwing off their Judaism. And so James comes on the scene and says, Hey, 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 hey wait a second. Uh, we need to keep things right. All right? And so I need you to remember that you are covenant people. You're Abraham's children, and that we have a way that we live that's separate from the Gentiles. All right. So this book is written, like I said, he's not arguing with Paul. He's not against what Paul's writings are. He's just keeping the audience clear to their message. All right. So James writes this book, and and uh, as a matter of fact, let's go to. James chapter 1, because that opens us up to who the audience is that he's writing to. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So we know that this book is specifically to Christian Jews, all right, Jewish believers. And you have to remember those kinds of things so that your Bible reading will be very clear, because if you see it all as applicable, how many of you know that's very confusing? Huh? And it's not altogether true. All the Bible is for us, praise God, but it's not all to us. And so we can learn from all of it, and 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 much of it. We learn from the old covenant, you know, how all this began. But where we live now is in this new covenant reality, and especially according to what the revelation that God gave the apostle Paul to the Gentiles. So everything else becomes clear when you understand that. Um, I want I want to read some popular verses from James that you might not have known were in James or maybe haven't visited these verses in a while. James chapter one verses five through eight. Now you hear us talk about this one for sure here. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him In other words, what he's saying is he said, "Ask for wisdom, God gives it to you without reproach or without rebuke. in other words, God's not like us in that when we finally get around to asking Him, you know what I'm talking about. You bang your head up against the wall enough and you keep trying it your way and your way, and then finally go, oh, yeah, maybe I should pray about this. All right? And then you go to God, and God gives you wisdom freely because you ask for it in faith. And He doesn't do this <clears throat> about time, dummy. Or, uh, I told you so. Hmm? What took you so long? See, he's not like us. He doesn't give wisdom with rebuke. He just gives it freely. I love that. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Now watch this. With no doubting. Everybody say with no doubting. With no doubting. Let him ask in faith with no (laughs) doubting. Watch, because here's why. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. The word doubt here literally means to stand in two ways. All right? You have... One, one, one way, you're, you're in faith, and the other side, you're wavering. Now, how many of you know that you continue to stand in two ways? Ugh, things are going to get tough. Huh? You, can't, you cannot continue to live your life split in two. For let not that man, now watch, here's why it's so important. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea. He says, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I think maybe why people's prayers don't get answered is because of this right here. It's Because somewhere along the way, somewhere in their life, they're standing in two ways. They're not fully believing God. They're not fully trusting in Him. And things happen, circumstances come, and doubts begin to creep in, right? And then you wonder, why didn't God answer my prayer? Hmm? Why, where, why didn't he answer my prayer? Because God needs to be believed. He, it's impossible to please him without faith, the scripture says. All right? He wants you to fully look to him. He wants to be your all in all. Huh? And, and he won't settle for anything less. But if you'll come to him in faith, in faith, declare. Now listen to me. I'm not saying that you don't have feelings of doubt you don't have feelings of fear, and you have those kinds of things that you're wrestling with in your own body and even in your own mind, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not in faith. All right? We're talking about in the realm of the heart, all right? because this is your central believing system. Your mind and, and your own flesh are going to doubt everything you do by faith, right? and, and you're going to have circumstances that are contrary to that. So I'm talking about getting your heart full of faith. And how's that going to happen? You're going to have to continue to hear the word of God so that faith can come, so that you can build yourself up on your faith, declaring the word, praying in the spirit, and continuing to say what God has said. All right, And over time, your faith grows. You keep watering it with that word. You keep getting in it inside of you, keep hearing it, and it grows and grows and grows and grows. Amen. Your faith, yes, initially is a gift from God, right? The Romans says that God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. But Jesus said your faith needs to grow. Yeah. Cultivate that faith. Grow your faith. Build yourself up on that faith. Amen. So Because because our prayers depend on it. Because the truth is, at the end of the day, it's not need that moves God. If need is what moved God, then, then there would be no people hungry in the world. Huh? If need is what moved God, if desperation is what moved God, well, then we wouldn't have any desperate people. It's not those things, and people are needy and people are desperate. It is faith that he responds to. It's faith that he responds to. Don't you know that the day that that little woman who had the issue of blood was pressing through that crowd trying to get to him, remember she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. All right. I mean, she's out there in faith. She has no idea if what she's saying is true in the natural, but in her heart, she's got it. She's convinced of it. There is no doubt in it because she's moving on it. She's moving on that confession of faith and she's declaring it and she's pressing through the crowd. She doesn't care what this does to her. If they stone her to death because by the law, they actually have a right to because she's impure because of her situation. And so she's not even supposed to be mingling with people. But this woman is on a mission by faith to get healed. Twelve years she's been dealing with this. Spent all of her money on the doctors and the scripture says that she only grew worse By the natural means, by man's strength, man's understanding, nobody could help her. She was out of earthly resources. So she presses through that crowd. And the scripture says that the crowd is thronging him. They're all around him. And don't you know that in that crowd, there are very needy people. In that crowd, there are sick people. In that crowd, there are desperate people. And what is Jesus doing? He's continuing to walk. And as they're all, Jesus, Jesus, give attention to me. Jesus, Jesus, oh, pulling on him. I haven't heard anybody. Nobody's meeting me on my terms. They're all wanting me to meet them on their terms. Until all of a sudden, whoo, he felt virtue go out of him. Oh, there you are. She didn't even ask him for it, she stole it from him. She came up behind him in the crowd. Grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment, and Jesus felt that healing leave his body. Whoa, who touched me? You see how what faith is? It's God wasn't even, it, Jesus wasn't even giving her attention. Hmm? This is how quickly God responds to our faith. It's amazing. Ask in faith with no doubting. Because when you ask in faith, you can always expect to receive from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, my gosh, Eric, we got to keep going, buddy. All right. Do not be deceived. Listen to this. James 1, 16 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I want you to think about this for a moment. Imagine this. It's something I've, I've made myself continually say when I pray and just thank the Lord. I say, God, every good thing in my life has come from you. Every good thing, every good experience, every good gift, every good relationship, every good fi- all these things come from you. Thank you for that. You're the one who gives me all the good stuff. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What that means is he's never going to stop being good. He's never going to change who he is. He's just going to continue to be good to you. That's good. And he says, don't be deceived. Because right before that, he said, let no man say when he's tempted, oh, God's doing this to me. I'm tempted by God. He said, no, no, God doesn't tempt people. He doesn't tempt people with evil, and he can't be tempted, so he doesn't tempt you with evil. He's the one giving you the good (laughs) stuff. There's another one out there. Hmm? There's another one out there that's tempting you. And that's that lousy lion lizard called the devil. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And he's real, and he hates yeah. you, and he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But he doesn't have any power over you because Jesus unraveled all of his power to harm you. So he's, he's looking for permission. Now it's all he can do. roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. Hmm? If you don't give him the permission, he can't touch you. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's good. That's good. And if you have given him permission, shut the door. Kick him out. Yeah. There's always hope. Verse 19, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Married couples, memorize that verse. You have a happier marriage. Huh? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Did you hear the order? We're always so quick to speak and slow to listen. Uh, no, no, no. I got to No, 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 no. Let me. No, uh, it's my turn. You've talked long enough, and while you were talking, I was thinking everything I wanted to say, so I didn't hear a word you said anyway, or I already knew you were going to say that because we've been married, and I've heard you say that 500 times, so I knew where you were going, so I just shut you out. It's my turn to talk, and then she's thinking, yeah, I've heard all this before, too. Huh? we got to be swift to hear, slow to speak. Every time I've been quick to speak, I have said some really stupid and hurtful things. Don't you have to say amen right there. You just keep looking lovely. Really slow to speak. Weigh your words. Slow to wrath. That's a good bit of wisdom right there, isn't it? James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, okay? And he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So what, what James taught us about the Word, this is a powerful thing, is that the Word of God is a mirror. When you read the Word and you see what God says about you, you're seeing the real you. What God says about you is the real you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are holy. You are blameless. You're a son of God. You're above reproach. God, do you even know me? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. You keep looking at that. You keep looking into that mirror. But here's what he's saying. He said it's like looking in the mirror. He said you, you read the word, you hear the word, and then you walk away, and it doesn't have any effect in your life. You don't take that word and put it into action. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. That is, the the number one way to be a doer of the word is to believe it, (laughs) to believe that word and to confess that word in your life. Amen. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I like that. James 3.16. There's another 3.16. Y'all know a few 3.16s, right? John is the most famous one. For where envy... Now, this isn't as exciting as John 3.16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. The moment the believer starts looking to self, hmm? the moment the believer self-implodes, the moment the believer starts living inside their own head, guess what? You have opened yourself up to every evil thing because you weren't designed to be selfish. You weren't designed to be narcissistic. You weren't designed for that. You're designed to give. You're designed to reach out and to love others, to look out for the good of others, because now his nature is in you, and his nature does not allow you to think of me, 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 (laughs) Okay, we'll just move on. James chapter 4. Some other verses that, that are in the scriptures that you may know. James chapter 4. Hey, man, I'd like to see some people taking pictures of other things just once in a while. I mean, you know, that like Crystal Hexmer, she takes beautiful pictures. I was taking pictures of landscape and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. Just in case y'all forgot what I look like five minutes ago, here I am again. James 4, 7. therefore, watch, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. The first step is to to submit to God. You can't skip that. You can't just go to resisting the devil. You have to first submit to God. All right? Submit to God. Resist the devil. So when you submit, here's Here's why. When you submit to God, what you just got in your life is authority. Somebody who's not submitted doesn't have any authority. They can resist the devil all they want. The devil ain't going to leave them alone because they're not submitted. They're not in the line of authority. Oh, that's, that's real good. So submit to God. Now you can resist the devil, and he doesn't have a choice because when you speak, it's like God himself is speaking. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I remember those, those seven sons of Sceva. Sounds like a riddle, doesn't it? The seven sons of Sceva. There's these, these guys who were watching Paul and these other guys, and they were casting devils out of people, and they were like, we could do that. So they come upon this guy who's demon-possessed, and they start, we adjure you by in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. (laughs) And this is what that devil said. I love this. He said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who in hell are you? (laughs) And it says that these guys got a whooping by that devil beat them all so so bad all their clothes fell off and they ran into the town naked. Why? Because they hadn't submitted to God. They hadn't submitted to God. They didn't have any authority to resist him. All right, James 5. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the... We know this one, right? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Look Look what happens when that happens. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Did you notice that? you see the assurance in that? Huh? They ain't no, we'll, we'll hope it works out for you. No, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff that happens by the prayer of faith, isn't it? And it says to confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Oh, that's so good. All oh, that's so good. So now I want to get to uh, the big kahuna, the big attraction here. James chapter 2. Let's turn over there. <clears throat> what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled... But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith... Without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified? This is a big word. Was not Abraham our father justified by... Whoa, justified by what? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Interesting. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then, verse 24, that a man is justified by... So now he's not just saying it about Abraham. Now James is saying that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. This is where you need to understand who the audience is. Otherwise, this is going to really confuse you. The great reformer, Martin Luther himself, he could not reconcile Paul and James. So he just ripped the book of James out of his Bible and said, this is useless because he could not reconcile this right here. He couldn't reconcile it because James and Paul, it looks like on the surface, are colliding big time right here. Okay? Go back to 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now, what does justified mean? Justified means made right with God, declared guiltless, declared innocent of all charges. That happens at salvation, right? By faith. But this says he's justified by works and not by faith only. Now, we have to mirror that. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Stay with me. I know what time it is. I always know what time it is. (laughs) Romans 3, verse 27. Where is boasting? This is Paul. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Now, what did James say? A man is justified by works with faith. Paul says a man is justified not by the works, but by faith apart from the works. You see that? Or is he the God of the Jews only? Oh, okay. Okay, because if he's the God of the Jews only, then a man is justified by works with faith, what James has said. But now he's saying, no, a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Now we get it. There's two audiences here now. One is justified by works with faith. One is justified by faith apart from works. Wow. Go to chapter four. Let's go to chapter four. Let's keep reading. I see your gears turning. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Well, didn't James say that Abraham was justified by works when he offered up Isaac on the mountain? Didn't we read those words? And now Paul's saying that is not the case. What, for what does the scripture say? He used the very same verse James did, Genesis fifteen six. Both of them quote it. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 4, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Right? You work two weeks on your job, uh, faith. You get paid every two weeks. All right. Your boss comes to you after you've worked two weeks, puts a check in your hand and says, this is my gift to you. <laughs> no, 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 sir. That's not a gift. I earned that. Look, but, but uh, go back to four there. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as Grace. But as debt, you owed me this boss man, I put in two weeks' work. But if he gives you what you earned, and then he pulls out another check for $1,000 and says, this is just because that is not what you earned, that's a gift. So he's saying in verse (laughs) 4, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So you can't earn grace is what he's saying. You can't work for grace. Grace is a gift. Okay? Look at verse 5. But to him who does not work. Everybody say "Does does not work. Say it again. Does not work. But believes on him who. Did you see that? Paul's making a distinction. To him who does not work but believes. You have to get this apart from works. He's separating the two. Him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. His faith, what? Apart from works. Faith apart from works is counted for righteousness. James says faith apart from works is dead. Paul said faith apart from works is righteousness. You see why this can drive a man crazy trying to reconcile those two things because they're completely contrary to one another. And yet they're both inspired by God. How can they both be right when they're saying the opposite things? Two audiences. That's the only thing that can make sense. That's the only way that both of them can be right. Does this help you tonight? Learning some good theology here tonight. All right? So I don't understand how the whole thing works with God and his people. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Because it's not my gospel. That's not my message. How is Abraham the father of all of us? How did he become the father of us all? Because Paul later talks in, in, in Romans uh, chapter 4, in that same chapter, he talks about how Abraham has become the father of us all because he was justified two different places. It's very interesting. Genesis fifteen six. Abraham believed God and he counted to him for righteousness. Right there, Abraham was justified. This is before he was circumcised. This is before he was set apart. So now here he is, a Gentile, and he is made righteous by faith alone. Genesis chapter 17 happens is where God comes and makes covenant with Abraham, said two things are going to change about you, Abraham, i change in your name from Abram to Abraham. <laughs> and <clears throat> this other thing is going to be a little painful. <laughs> you and every male in your house and every male following is going to be circumcised. I'm going to separate you from the rest of the world. You're going to be a people unto myself. This is the sign or the seal of the covenant. Genesis 22, God says, take your son up on the mountain. And James says, Abraham was justified when he offered up Isaac. Well, how, He was justified when he believed God as a Gentile, and he's justified when he does the work as a Jew. So that way now, he has become the father of all of us. Faith apart from works, Genesis 15. Faith with works, Genesis 22 to the Jew, and to the Greek. That's good, huh? Does mm-hmm. is that, is that make sense to you tonight? Yeah. Hmm? You want to start all over? Yeah. No. Another time. The <laughs> yes. That's the, the faith that, that we have. It seems small in the beginning, but when it's planted, it grows to be one of the largest trees. The Beautiful thing. Okay, so now... We've got to talk about the person of Jesus here for a moment before I, I let you go. And we're going to find that in James 2.21. The name Jesus is mentioned twice in the book of James. Twice. James one, 1 and James 2.1. And one of them he's talking about he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And the other one, James two one says... To not take lightly, uh, uh, how does he say it? Can you bring James 2 1, <laughs> right quick, Alex? Uh, the faith of J- the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, what does he say? I'm sorry. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Do not hold the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that means? Jesus ain't a racist. <laughs> and he's not a bigot. I love that, huh? You can't have faith in Jesus and have partiality. Mm-mm. That's not how it works in Christ. We're all one in Him. Yeah. Amen. 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 That's better than your amen, but I'm going to move on. <laughs> Genesis 22. Uh, I'm sorry, J- James 2:21. James 2:21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? This is where we're going to find the person of Jesus. Was he not justified when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Now, Genesis 22, verse 16. And said, so here it's happened. It's happened. Abraham is up on the mountain with Isaac. Isaac is bound to that wood. He's laying there. And Abraham takes the knife out to slay his son. Can you imagine the horror of this moment? And the angel of the Lord calls out from heaven and stops him. And he says, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. You've not withheld your son, your only son. Look with this. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Oh, I love this story. In your seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Oh my goodness. What was happening here? God was in covenant with this man. And in this covenant, one gives one thing, the other one has to give equal share. God got a man God got a man on earth to offer up his only son for him so that God could have entrance now into this world yeah. to give his only son. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Because we, God set up this whole world with a system called free will. Yeah. It wouldn't be right for God to just invade the earth with Jesus. I'm going to force him on you. Now, if I can get a man to give me his son, I'll owe him. And Abraham gave up his son, his only son. And God said, I owe my covenant friend. I owe my covenant partner. Now I can send Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how he can do it. Because a man chose to do it for him. But here's, here's, it, it wasn't, Abraham wasn't the only beneficiary here. It wasn't the only beneficiary. Romans chapter 9. I'm almost through. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are Israel. Watch this. Nor are they all children because they are of the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac your seed shall be called. Do you remember Abraham had another son, Ishmael, who was older than Isaac. Isn't it interesting that when he got up on that mountain with Isaac, God said, Your only son. Because Ishmael was not God's plan. Ishmael was Abraham thinking he needed to help God in his plan. Hmm? He jumped the gun. I think we've all maybe made that mistake before. Lord, I can help you get this thing going. (laughs) Mm, That's not what I wanted. So he's talking about those, those children of Ishmael, just because they're his seed doesn't mean that they're his children. Watch this. Not Abraham. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac your seed shall be called. that. This is those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. He's talking about those children of Israel, but the children of promise. The children of promise are counted as the seed. Now, Galatians 3, last verse, last two verses. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now what did God say? In Isaac, right? It's going to happen in Isaac. It's going to happen in Isaac and all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed in, in Isaac. Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many but as of one seed. And to your seed who is Christ. That's where we see the person of Jesus. Abraham offered up Isaac. But what was really happening was the picture that Jesus was being offered up there. So he's saying, there's a greater story to this than just Abraham and Isaac. Can't you see that Isaac is Jesus? This is what he's talking about. This seed is Christ. And this is God's arms open to all the world now through this Isaac, through this promised one, this son, Jesus Christ. What a marvelous thing. Now to Abraham to see where the promise is made. And look, verse 29, and if you are Christ, is anybody Christ in here? No. Does anybody belong to Christ in here? Yeah. Anybody if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed yeah. and heirs according to the promise.
1: Wow, wow. Yeah. Thank
0: you, so not only did Abraham get an inheritance, you get the same inheritance. Yeah. Thank you, Abraham became the heir of the world and everybody that is in that lineage of faith also become heirs of the world. That is marvelous. That is a marvelous thing. But don't confuse the things. (laughs) Don't confuse the things when it comes to the audience. Make sure you remember who's talking to who. When it's talking to them and when it's talking to you. Nobody, I, I think nobody can gives a greater teaching on taming the tongue than James. We didn't even touch that part. Marvelous teaching. So there are good practical things in here for all the Christian experience. But when we're talking about the theological thing, we're talking about justification and how one is made righteous, it's a bit different, okay? So just remember that. Just remember that so you don't get confused and freak out and go, Oh, my God, I'm supposed to... Keep the law and get circumcised and all that. No, 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 no. Calm down. It's, that's somebody else's gospel. Yours is faith apart from works. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise. Praise God. Well, I want to um, ask if there's anyone here tonight who needs prayer for healing, would you just stand where you are? You stand where you are? Amen. All right. Just, just come forward here for a moment. I want to lay my hands on you. We're going to put this, this uh, into practice here. Ye old book of James. Actually, James became James through transliteration. There was actually no such name as James. <laughs> actually, Jacob. Through transliteration, just like the name Jesus being Joshua. Thank you very much. This says, call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Amen. So if you would, would you just extend your hands this way? I'm just going to lay my hands on them and thank the Lord right now. Lord, we just put your word into practice. We are doers of your word here right now. As I anoint them with oil, and we pray the prayer of faith. That is... Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We receive that. We believe that tonight in the name of Jesus. Let me get that one more time. One more dip in it. We, we believe the word tonight, and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. for healing flowing freely. We declare what God has said. Command sickness and infirmity and pain and disease to be loosed from these bodies never to return again in Jesus' name. We thank you now for it. why don't we just take a moment now those of you just lift your hands and thank him for your healing. Oh hallelujah. Just think it's, Just say I'm healed I'm not waiting on God to heal me I'm already healed I'm already healed in Jesus' name. He already healed me. And I'm receiving it now by faith. I believe His word. And it is finished. It is finished in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.